Welcome everyone to the Oave Torah Daf Yomi Shiur. Today's Shiur is Daf Yud Zayin, and we will begin on Daf Tet Zayin. And we're at the Mishnah on the bottom. Now, in the previous Mishnah, we mentioned that there's 13 places in the Mikdash that a person needs to bow down. Our Mishnah will enumerate where a person has to bow down. Says the Mishnah. When were these bowings? Hold. Okay. So, where were they? There were four of them in the north. Four in the south. That's eight altogether. Then with the eight, then you have three and two with 13 altogether. That's because each place... In the Azara, every one of the gates you have to bow. Now, we're going to go through them one by one. Dinomim, on the south side, which we said there was four. Lema'arav, Sumuchim Lema'arav, starting from the closest to the west. So, southwest corner. Shad Elyon is one called the upper gate. Okay. I'm sorry? Uh, Eli, put your phone on mute if you can. Okay. 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 Until you want to talk. Okay. So Shad Ha'Elyon, the upper gate, which is the highest one um, topographically. Shad Ha'Delik, the play, the, the Shad Ha'Delik is because that's where they would bring in the wood for the for the wood room. Shara Bechorot, that's the, that's the gate. They, they would bring the animals that are Bechorim, the, the Tahor animals that are Bechorim, they bring them in there. Shara Mayim, that's the, the gate. Why would they call it Shara Mayim? On Sukkot, when they have Nisu Hamayim, they would bring them from that gate. So those are the four southern gates, starting from west to east. Okay? Rebbe Yaakov, man. That's where the water will go out of the Beit Mikdash in the time of the of the Mashiach. Mashiach comes. We're going to see soon. See that when Mashiach comes, there's going to be a spring coming out of the Kodesh Kodeshim, and that spring is going to be turned into a huge river, and. Uh, the, the Sharamayim, according to Mesmi Yaakov, is not necessarily where they bring in the water for the pourings, but rather where the water eventually is going to go out. So it's called Sharamayim al Shem Ha'atid because of the future, according to Mesmi Yaakov. The Umatan, B'tzafon, on the flip side, we just did the south. On the flip side, on the north, Sumuchim B'ma'arav, again, starting on the northwest, Sha'yechonya, this is the gate that Yechonya, the king Yehuda, was taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babel. Shara Korban, the, uh, the Shara Korban was a gate that they would bring uh, the Korbanot, the Kodesh Kodeshim, into the Beit Mikdash. Shara Nashim, the gate where the women would come in when they have to come in to put their hands on the korbanot. And then, Shara Shir, where the Leviim would come in 
they, they would bring in the the, the uh, instruments for singing. Those are the four. Like we said, that's when Yechonai went out to Galut. What about on the Mizrach side, on the east side? Nikanor, the gate of Nikanor. This is a gate which was brought in by Nikanor, a guy who uh, had the maiden Alexandria, and that's where they would, if I'm not mistaken, that's where they would do the the um, sota. It was small, the two small gates, Hayulo. One on the right and one on the left. And there was two on the west. They didn't have any names. And that's where everyone, and all together you end up with 13. Okay. Says the Gemara. Our Mishnah is only going like Yosef and Yochanan. The Amar, he's the one who holds. Okay, so it seems like the Gemara is telling you now that there's a machloket between Tanaim, how many gates were in the Mishnah, how many gates were in the Beit Mikdash. Our Mishnah is like the rabbi who's saying this 13, obviously, this it looks, our Mishnah is clearly saying 13, and it seems like there's another Tana. The Rabbanan in Mesechet Midot, who are holding that there are only seven gates. Now, this would be a very, very big machloket when you think about it in Mitziut, because uh, the Mishnah is written uh, only, like, Mishnah is written during the time of the Beit Mikdash. And even if there's some Mishnah that were written later by the time of Rebbe, let's say, but even Rebbe is only approximately 80, 100 years after the Beit HaMikdash. 100, 120 years. It's a, long, it's a short amount of time to have a machloket seemingly about how many gates, such a pretty obvious thing, how many gates were in the Beit HaMikdash. So it could be that that's the machloket. According to the Rambam, that's the machloket. Rabbi Tam is understanding, though, it seems like, that everyone agrees that there were 13 gates, but it could be that... Uh, that there was really seven big gates, which is the seven gates that are in, that are in uh, that were in uh, the Mishnah and Midyot, and our Mishnah is talking about 13 gates, which are there all together. Again, that's a machloket, exactly whether there's a machloket mitzvah straight up, like our Gemara is implying, or maybe it's just a, um, everyone agrees, 13. Okay. Like we learned over there. According to Rabbanan, who say that there were only seven, where would they bow all the 13 bowings? Like we learned over there. There were 13 breaks in the Saruk because the Yevanim made 13 breaks in the Saruk, which is the Mechitza outside the Azara. That, that, that the, the Greek kings made in those days, and when they beat the Chashmoniim, when the, when the kings of Yudah Maccabi and his uh, nephews and descendants fixed them, they made opposite those places bowing. So you used to bow every time you got to these breaks that were fixed. <coughs> you would bow during that, those spots. According to this rabbi, 
really there were only seven, seven, uh, seven uh, whole, seven gates, and you didn't bow by any of the gates. You bowed by the 13 breaks in the surug. Okay? Or, no, you bow, there are 13 gates, you bow to 13 gates. And according to the rabbi who says that everyone who reads the 13, there's seven big gates, still, none of the gates do you bow by. Not seven, and not the, the other, other extra ones, the, the extra six. No, you do by the ones. Okay. Ketiv, it says, it says, on that day, Mayim Chayim will leave Yerushalayim. So, Tani, we learned. Like we mentioned in the right of that, there's going to be a, a river in Mashiach's time coming out of the Beit HaMikdash. Right? Tani, we learned. From the, from the Kodesh until it gets to the Parochet, Kikarne Sile Vikilai. <clears throat> uh, Eli, are you there? Yeah. One translation? Yes. Like the horns of a. From the current until the golden altar was the horns. Before that, before that. Okay, I mean, Beit Kodesh at the the chamber of the Holy of Holies until the curtain, the stream of water will be as wide as the end. Antony of the Silai and the Kilai. Okay, so, uh, I, so let, let me just tell you, Eli, what we're doing here is we're explaining how big the water was for as it leaves Yerushalayim, it gets bigger and bigger. But I, just, I, just need the, I just need the translation of the word. So, it's saying, it, so he didn't give a translation of the arts role. He's saying like the antenna of the Silai and the Silai. Okay, two different types of, uh, of um, insects. What? Snail. Snails. Okay, go ahead. Mina parochet from the from the curtain. Ad mizbachasav till it gets to the mizbachat zahav, which is in the kodesh. All that's in the kodesh. Kikarnecha gavim. Then it's like the horns of a grasshopper. So it's getting a little little bigger. Mizbachasav ad azarot from the golden mizbeach, which is in the kodesh. Ad azarot till till the till the courtyard outside. Kechut shel sheti. It's like a, a sheti string, like a thin thread. Which is a little wider than uh, the thread is a little wider than the horns of a of a grasshopper. From the azot till the 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 gateway, it's like a little thicker string, which is uh, the one that's used in weaving, right? From there on. It looks like the opening of a pach of a jug. Right? Steve, it says, It says in Yechezkel about this water, that the water will be going from the right shoulder. That once they, they, when, the man will walk and measure a thousand amot away from the Beit HaMikdash, And at that point, it's not deep. Ad it would only go to his, to his ankles. At the, once they count, they, they measure another thousand amot from there. And at that point, the water, which started off in the Kodesh Hashim as very, very, very small, less than grasshoppers, 
At this point, it's so thick that it goes up to your knees. By your model, and then you, you measure another thousand feet, and it goes up to your thighs. At Matnaya, to your thighs. Mikan from here on, they measured a thousand. It's a, at that point, it's a stream that you can't even pass. Why can't you pass? Who can't pass? Even a big ship can't pass at that point. Once you're 3,000 amot away from the, the Beit HaMikdash, you can't even pass in a ship. My Tama, how, how do we know that even a ship can't pass? Because it says, V'tzi adir lo yavrenu. Even a tzi adir, what's a tzi adir, Eli? The States is a place, will be a place of wide rivers, a boat shall not tra- traverse it, a mighty, a mighty vessel shall not cross it. Oh, tzi adir is a mighty vessel, can't cross. Mipne, why, why not? Kigau hamayim meshachu. Because the, the, Water rose meshachu It's too much. You, you can't swim through it. Is that correct? So it's a, what's meant to about? Yeah, it's correct. Okay. Right, is it all talking about water that's gonna stream or is streaming? Gonna, gonna, gonna stream when Mashiach comes. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, well, no, it starts off very, very little, and then it gets much more powerful. It starts off as a tiny little, it, it's not barely a leak. Okay. So it, it streams out of the Beit Hamikdash. Out of the Kodesh Kodeshim, then out of the Beit Hamikdash, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But no, but it's not a distracted water. Huh? It's not a distracted water. I can't hear you. It's, it's not a distracted water. Distracting? It's not, it's not distracted. Destructive. It's distracted. I don't know what distracted means. No, destructive. Like, oh, is it going to destroy? Oh, no, no, no. This is a beautiful thing. It's a great thing. Amrav Khuna. In our place, they call it Shayit Shachnaya. What does that mean over there? What do you have over there? This is which is related to Shachnaya. They call swimming. Swimming. Okay, good. Uprose dab bekirvok shahat. Another proof, and you and you spread your hands within you like a person spreads a swimmer spreads his hands. My meshachu amar abiyosu abun. It's water that people talk about in the world. Everyone's talking about this water that's leaving Yerushalayim. That's called Meshachu, is water of talkings. K'tiv, it says, It says, On that day, it'll be an open place, source, for the house of David and the people in Yerushalayim to go there to get purified either when they're Tamer or when the nida. Okay, so this new spring will be a good place to go dip in the mikveh. Reb Shmuel Bar Nachman b'shem Reb Yonatan mibet David va'ad Yosef Yerushalayim kishenim nida u'lechatat mikan va'elach metalovetem kishenida v'tulim lechatat. So they're learning from the pasuk that we're on Daf Yud Zayin in the middle of the page. Okay. We're learning from the Pasuk that from Bet David till you, in the place where the kings of David were, 
till the place where Yushalayim is, means as long as the spring is Yushalayim, it's kosher for both a nida and a chatat. Once you go further, it's mixed with other waters, which is kosher for a nida to dip in, but it'll be a pasul for using for water, for para aduma water. Because para aduma water is not kosher in mixed water, it has to be specifically maim chayim, only maim chayim el keli, has to be specifically spring water. And therefore, once you get out of Yushalayim, it's not solely spring water, and you're not allowed to use this new stream, the miraculous stream, for that. Amar Bi'al-Azad, He says, according to Bi'al-Azad, he says a little differently, he says, from the David's house until where, where the end of the people of Yushalayim, it's kosher for both. From there on, this is water that is going down a waterfall. I believe that's what it means. Slopes. Slopes. Therefore, it's pasul for both, because even Nida can't go in water that's sloping like that. Ketiv, it says, So it says that this water is going till Galil, Hakadmona till the till the the, the 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 upper Galil and going to the Arava, and then going to the sea. Okay. Zeyam shel samchu. This is uh, the sea of samchu. What samchu? What do you have over there for samchu? Just samchu. Okay, I don't know what it is. Viyardu el Arava zeyam shel tveria. That's the Kinneret. So this, this stream, that's now going to miraculous stream that's leaving Yushalayim, will go to the Samchu, and then go to the Kinneret. Ubao Yama, then it goes to the sea. Zeyamelech, it's going to go to Yama Melech, which is the Dead Sea. El Yamutzaim, Zeyamagul, then it goes to the Mediterranean Sea. Velamrika Mutzaim, why is the Mediterranean Sea called Mutzaim? The reason why it's called Yam Mutzaim, because twice in the history, the Mediterranean Sea rose, and it flooded and killed many people. When was that? Echad bedor Enosh, one of the generation of Enosh. Enosh was one of the, the descendants of Adam and Rishon. When they started doing Avodah Zarah, Hashem made the Mediterranean Sea flood the people and kill many people. Echad bedor Haflagah, one during the Torah Haflagah, when they tried to build a tower against Hashem, also then there was a flood from the Mediterranean Sea. So the Mediterranean Sea has a name called the Motzi'in because it twice in history flooded its surroundings. The first one was the generation of Enosh when they first introduced Abu Dazara. Okay? In the beginning, Yatsa Ad Kabana. It went to the city called Kalbarina. Kalbarina is a city in Italy. The second time, Yatsa it went to the city of Sal'i, which is in, uh, in North Africa. The first I went to Kipi Berbiya, which is what we said before. It came, went to the cities of Akko and Yafo, which are cities in Israel. According to this, it's, it's flooding. How do we know? As it says, Ad po tavo v'lotosif. Ad Akko tavo v'lotosif. Upo yashik begon galecha, ad Yafo yashik begon galecha. Okay, good. Nicha yama, rabba v'yama demilcha. Now the reason why it's going to the Mediterranean Sea and why it's going to the 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 Yam HaMelech, the Dead Sea, Lematikan, 
is to sweeten the water. So it's making the water in the Mediterranean Sea sweet water. Okay? If you ever go to the Dead Sea, you'll know that the salinity of the water is so high that you float in the water. Okay? However, once this water comes from Yushalayim, the water is going to be delicious. You're going to be go drinking from the Yamamelech. No, from the Dead Sea even. And the Mediterranean, both. Wow. Mediterranean, okay. Right. Okay, right. Correct. Okay, oh, let's come. You want a drink? Well, right here, Yama Melech, come take a drink. Okay. Now, but the Gemara is asking, Yama, the very Yama, the the Kinneret, the Samchu, was already sweet water that you could drink. So why would the water be going there? Okay. Says the Gemara, either to give it much more fish, meaning there's fish in the Mediterranean, in the Kinneret, but now there's going to be more. And when Mashiach comes, there'll be more fish. According to its type, it'll be their fish. Many, many types of fish. One time I went to a place of fishermen in Sidon. They brought me over 300 different types of fish in one bowl. So there's many different types of fish you could get. And Hashem is going to make it. There'll be a lot more fish once Mashiach comes. It says that Hashem is going to make the waters cured. It'll be giving for salt. It says that Hashem is going to cure the water. And you're going to say it's not going to be cured? No, there's a place called Lo Yirapu. And therefore, no, it will be cured. Ktiv. It says, Okay, that's a pasuk in Yechezkel. Now let's see what it means. It says, on, on the months, it will ripen. What does it mean it will ripen on the months? Tani, we learned. In this world, we have a, a wheat takes six months to uh, be planted and ripen. Okay? That's why there's a summer wheat and there's winter wheat. Takes six months, that's all it takes. The Ilan Osechodesh. And if you have a tree making apples, it's every 12 months. Like we see now, it's the time of, uh, we're, we're all looking for trees to do Birkat Adonot. Every 12 months, right? Yeah, by you? Where is that? It's on uh, B and East first. Oh, I'm not taking my class there, too far. Okay? Unless you want to move to close, move with the tree closer to the school. But in the future, the wheat will be will grow in one month. And a tree every two months. My Tama, what's the reason? Says the Gemara. It says for the months it will be it'll be uh for two months, it'll become new. So, si- since the, the the trees now do a year, will become in two months. So, therefore, the wheat, which is six months, will now be one month. It, it, just a ratio. 
That's according to the opinion of Tanakam. Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, he's wrong. Nowadays, it's six months for wheat. And the wheat and the, the trees are for a year. But in the future... Well, one second, Ivan wants to get on and see his message. Okay, no problem. He's going to call Ben's phone now. Can okay. You, you call Ben? Yeah, tell him to call Ben. Okay, then call him. In the future, the, the, the wheat will go in 15 days. And the tree is in a one month. So it's, much better, it's double the speed. We know that in the days of Yoel the Navi, wheat was done, I'm sorry, tivua, at least barley was done in 15 days. And right away, we brought on the Mazbech, the Korban Omer. My time, what's the reason? Because it says, And the people of Sion will be happy with Hashem their God. Hashem sent them on the first day of the month, Geshem Moreh, right? After Hashem didn't have any, after Hashem didn't send them any rain, He sent them a lot of rain on the first month, and they got the, the Yoreh and the Malkosh, the two rains in Nisan, and it, Hashem made it grow, and they were able to use it for the Omer on the 16th of Nisan. So you see that in 15 days, it got fully done. That was a miracle that happened in the days of Yoel. And uh, therefore, therefore, we're assuming that it's going to happen again, like in the future. Let me just see if I can get Ivan on over here. I can call him. Hold on, I'll get him on. Oh, you think we could do that? Yeah, get you a camera, it stands up. And if you're putting like charts or anything, they can see it. It's an idea one day. Like the idea? Hold on, here's you. Um, says the Gemara, Tani. Tani al shel kesef. Now there's a machloket. Our Mishnah says that the two tables that were in front of the of the kodesh were shel kesef, were made out of silver. Okay. Reb Yosi b'shem Reb Shmuel bar Yitzchak Reb Chananya matiba b'shem Reb Yochanan let kan shel kesef b'mnei shu martiach. So according to the second opinion, that it was kesef instead of instead of being one gold and one one um, marble, it was one gold and one silver. So it's a machloket whether the other one was marble or silver. Now we're saying over here it cannot be shel kesef because kesef uh, if it's a metal, I guess it conducts heat and it'll heat up what you put on it, and we're afraid that it'll it'll um, Cause the lechem apanim to get stale. Okay. Now the Gemara asks, "Lo can't what?" It's outside. It's outside. Coming, right? Like it was open or no? It was open, yes, but I don't know. I, I think they. I, I don't think that's connected because the sun will go. Are you saying maybe it, it'll the sun, the sun will make the silver hot and that as opposed to marble, which it won't make hot? Yeah, 
Maybe. Okay. Lo kentani. Nigmar asks, what do you mean? Why would you think it'll get ruined? Anyway, it's a miracle. It never got. It never got stale. After a week of taking the lechem of off of the the shulchan in the in the kodesh, it was still hot and it still tasted like it was just baked. That was one of the miracles. So why are you worried about a silver table making it stale? It didn't get stale even after a week. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Shmuel ben Levi Omer. We don't mention, we don't rely on miracles. And therefore, we do as much as we can. We don't want to leave it and say, okay, it's going to be a miracle anyway. No. We, we, we put uh, marble because we don't want to rely on miracles. Well, I'm just wondering, if Ivan, Ivan, you there? Yes, yes. Uh, does uh, silver conduct heat any better than gold? I was wondering about that. Not that I know. I'm thinking if we go with Joey Hammer's shot, he's claiming that uh, that the silver is reflecting the is reflecting the sun and heating up the, like that. And if that's true, or, or absorbing the sun and heating it up, heating it up like that. If that's true, then I'm wondering why aren't we worried on the way out about the gold table? So if it's just because it conducts heat like a metal, so then the gold should be the same problem. But if it's reflecting, reflecting maybe silver is worse because gold is not as, I don't know, not as reflective. Silver also has the highest thermal conductivity of any element and the highest light reflectance. Uh, our, our, our in-house physicist, uh, Joey Hammer, is claiming that... Um, that silver has the highest uh, what? Thermal, conductivity. thermal conductivity of any element. There you have it, folks. Gold is used for uh, gold and copper is used for uh, resistance. And gold is the opposite. Gold is resistant. Okay, there we have it, folks. Okay. Now, I, I think he, he, even our our in-house physicist had to check it up with Google. It could be. Okay. Boin Kumi, Reb Eli. Okay. Lo what happens if one week, for some reason, they don't have any lechem to replace the lechem inside the Kodesh Kodeshim, inside the Kodesh? They don't have any. What do they do? Could they leave the same bread for another week or not? It says you always put on the lechem, always, you always have to have lechem. Lechem panim afilu pasul. Even if it's pasul, you still leave it, and therefore leave it there another week. The brighter says that Shlomo Melech made ten shulchanot. The Chivas says vayash shulchanot asara vayanach peichal chamisha miyamin vechamisha mismol. As he said, uh, as it says in the pasuk, that Shlomo made ten shulchanot, and he put it five on the right and five on the left. We have a problem with this because we're assuming that when it says right and left, it means the right and left of the Hechal. Now, 
if it's right and left of the Hechal, that means that some are in the north and some are in the south. And we know that the Shulchan is only kosher in the north. So it sounds like they're putting five on the south and the five are not going to be kosher. So what I'm saying, Ela, means Shulchan When it says the right and left, it means to the right and the left of the Shulchan of Moshe. So it means they're all on the north side, but to the right and the left of the Shulchan that was there. Okay, good. Even though he put ten golden tables there, they only used to put the Lechem Vanim on Moshe Rabbeinu's table, the one, the original one, the OG one. Okay, so there were ten tables there, eleven, but the original one was the only one that had Lechem Vanim. The other ten were stayed empty? That's what it sounds like according to this chat. Rabbi Yossi, Bar Yehuda, Omer, he would put on all of them. Every day, every time, you put on a different table. It says, the shulchanot, the plural shulchanot, and on them was lechem vanim. So it sounds like on all the shulchanot had lechem vanim. But not all at one time. It sounds like you would take turns. They take turns, and that's a come out good. But one table has to be the original. They have questions over here how they fit them all because it wouldn't really fit. Okay. Tani, we learned. Some say that they were east and west. Divrei Rebbe. Rebbe Elazar, they were on the north and south. According to the one who says east and west, it makes sense because they were the east and west of the north side. So how would they do it? The Gemara doesn't answer that question. Okay, we're on the bottom of the page. We'll start tomorrow at Yudchet on Minurah B'Tzafon on the top of Yudchet Amurav. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen. Take care, guys. Oh, that, uh, maybe you can answer like that, yeah.